with a knife, you can kill someone. You can hurt someone. You can harm someone. You can also use that knife to chop fruits and vegetables to eat. And also you can use that knife by a surgeon to save someone's life. Yeah. And so with money, it's not a bad thing. Mm. It depends how you use it yeah. and how you show it. Yeah, totally. And I think that there's also, we shouldn't pass judgment on people who choose to live in a big house or who choose to buy nice things or to choose to go out. Because at the end of the day, I think we believe that if you're a monk, if you're spiritual, if you're this, if you're a woman, you're a man, this is the life you should lead. And I spoke about this in my TED talk. We believe in conformity. We believe that everyone should follow this one path to success yep. and we shouldn't put everyone in a box. So, you know, if I say to you, oh, you're so spiritual, then why are you spending 20 pounds on your lunch? You know, everyone has a different idea of what people should be. And I think we just need to be accepting of who we are. Hello and welcome to another episode of For Soul's Sake, a podcast in which we aim to give you candid, honest, real conversation on spirituality and holistic wellness alongside a host of amazing guests. Today we're joined by an amazing person, someone who I deeply, deeply appreciate has taken the time out to be with us. But I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us every single week, for listening, learning and growing with us. Thank you so much for being part of our amazing growing community. Today we're joined by Shivani Powell. She's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of My Performance Planner and most popularly, she's known for her highly successful podcast, A Millennial Mind. She's ranked, believe this or not, in the top 1.5% of podcasts globally. And throughout her podcast, Shivani's challenged millennial limiting beliefs by interviewing guests from a variety of backgrounds with a plethora of expertise who provide guidance and practical tips to uplift the mindsets of today's generations. Shivani left her corporate consulting job, Deliver Life, which seeks to entertain, educate and inspire people to live a more positive and energized life and has accelerated rapidly in doing so in the past few years. Shivani. Thanks for being. I feel a little bit nervous. <laughs> you feel nervous. Yeah, because you're like some, I don't know, podcast guru now. And I'm, I'm sitting in front of you. So Stop thank it. you so much for doing this. Well, can I just say I'm a super fan. Oh, really? I don't think you know this. Oh. And I don't think I've said this to you before. But every time I come to the manor and you're singing, I jump for joy. And I'm oh. like, mom, that's the guy. Because you have the most amazing, most powerful voice. And it makes me cry. It actually makes my mom cry all the time. So I always say you and Abhishek. Um, have the most amazing voices and I honestly every time you're at the manor I jump for joy because I'm like yes and then mm. when when you're not singing I'm like please sing please sing please sing Aww. so I'm a super fan of you so Thank don't you. be nervous Thank <laughs> you. and Abhishek if you're listening he's a, a common friend of ours in LA we love you we miss you yep. hope you're well um, <laughs> let's dive straight in you've accelerated and and kind of skyrocketed your platform through the podcast and um in a very short period of time, it's, it's kind of just, yeah, I mean, it's been phenomenal to see the success. Has it been difficult as well? Yeah, I mean, look, I think with anything in life, everything is, if you want to do well in something, it's going to have its difficult moments. And part of anyone's entrepreneurship journey, they'll tell you that it's very up and down. But I don't really feel the need to always say that. And I think this is one of the things I share on my platform is there's a lot of people now who are working full time have a side hustle or are doing multiple things, you know, mm. like you've just told me you're doing so many different things and they complain about it all the time. You know, I'm doing this. I'm so tired. I'm burning out. And I think there's this kind of um, narrative at the moment around working too hard is a really, really bad thing. 
and you know toxic work culture people always talk around right and I'm not saying we should encourage it but what I am saying is if you do want to build something extraordinary if you do want to do something outside of the norm I mean who knew that you could make money from podcasting who knew that you could make money from social media years ago if you do want to do something new and you do want to do something incredible it is going to be difficult I mean mm. if it was easy everyone would be doing it right so obviously there are moments in this journey that it's really tough and I've had to learn how to edit how to you know, work on video, how to work on audio, how to set up mics, how to set up lights. I didn't know how to do any of this. Mm. And so it's all part of a journey. And I think that it's one that I'm learning and one that I'm becoming obsessed with. So mm. I'm very happy to be doing it. You look very happy to be doing it. I am. You've got an amazing smile. It's just like beaming. Like, <laughs> I'm doing what I love. It is. And, and it's so funny because I interviewed someone at the start of my journey. Yeah. And they said that when they met me, I was very nervous and I was very scared. And I was. Yeah. And then they saw me last time and I'm like, hi, I'm so happy to have you back. And I really do feel so blessed. And I remind myself every day that I dreamt every day of my life to be doing this and now I'm doing it so I'm going to be grateful for every single day even if it's hard and you know Mumbai was recording six episodes a day on some of the days and at no point in that day did I feel like oh god I can't believe this because anytime I felt tired I would think back to having my Dell laptop on with all my work emails coming through mm. and suddenly I was just like no I'm very grateful to be here mm. what was the hardest part what was the hardest part of getting to the point where you are right now I think when I had my corporate job and doing this at the same time, there were moments where I thought I can't do it anymore. You know, I, I think back now and I think, how on earth did I do it? I was doing my corporate role and doing the podcast from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning, editing, aligning all the clips. I did all the editing myself. Everything. Everything. The only time wow. I changed it was towards the end of last year. Actually, sorry, I did have a bit of help in July, but that went that was only for like four weeks and then that changed. And actually, that was the the moment where I said, OK, well, I have to now think about quitting my job because I was doing everything myself in terms of reaching out to the guests. And I don't think people know what's involved in a podcast. So right. it was reaching out to the guests, researching the topic, doing the episode, editing the episode, the thumbnails, the YouTube, the TikTok, the LinkedIn mm -hmm. and the Instagram. And so there was a point where I was thinking this is getting too much and I'm not actually spending time having the quality conversations because I'm just so tired. And I think, to be honest, at the end of last year is when I really found it a lot because I was doing, I'd quit my job, so I thought I was going to have loads of time. Right. That wasn't true because I was actually adding more and more things to my plate, like my goal setting workshop. I've never done a live event before. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'd introduced a new planner. I was trying to do the sales for that. And I remember last year thinking, oh my God, I'm just so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so on the 1st of January, I just took a week off posting. You know, wow. and I was still on social media. I was still on Instagram, but I just was like, I cannot post for need one week. Break. I need a bit of a social media break. And by not posting, you know, I stick to a very strict schedule as well. If you look at my feed, it's very aligned. Not that it's the most aesthetic, but, you know, <laughs> I try to, to keep it aligned. I think it looks good. Oh, God, I hate the purple. I Honestly, the I purple, the purple is the... was like the iconic part of your podcast. That like you got this neon thing coming out from the back. So I was disgusting. like, wow, everyone's like angelically purple. It's no, cool. No. I like it. It's purple. I mean that. Oh, thank you. Well, I hate purple. It's okay. my worst color in the whole world. Oh, crap. Um, so I now need to slowly move away from this purple design. But I don't know. Maybe I'll have to stick with it because yeah. purple's my color. But it was at the end of last year where I thought, it's really tough now. I need something needs to change and mm. I need to outsource a little bit. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment is finding ways to outsource. But it's a bit of a balancing act because obviously... We'll help each other. Thank you. Yeah. I'll also come to you like, how do I do this? Yeah, yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, entrepreneurial stuff now let's put that to a bookmark on it and let's maybe come back to it mm -hmm. i want to talk about spirituality because this yeah. co this conversation is all about candid and honest spirituality and we've been connected for a while because 
um, used to come to and still do come for Kirtan at the manor, at Bhaktivedanta Manor, um, a place that we both hold very, very dearly to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, God, spirituality, what does that mean for you? What, what, is, what is that? Growing up, I lived with my bar, and my bar is someone who is very spiritual, very religious, I would say, more, more than spiritual. And I think there's a bit of a, a, a difference in between both. So I think in terms of growing up, I was very much involved in going to the temple a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my bar would tell me to do certain things in terms of By the fasting. way, bar is grandma. Yeah, sorry, okay. my bar is my grandma. She would tell me to do certain things in terms of fasting, and I would kind of just like obey, and I didn't really think about it. Um, and then kind of in my teens, I used to question things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I've always had this very strong belief in God. I don't think that's ever changed. Whilst I think my cousins and my parents and a lot of my friends, that's kind of changed for them in and out. Whilst for me, it's been very, very strong. And so I grew up singing pudgeons. And that was something I used to do with my bar. And, you know, a lot of people who are probably watching, listening to this probably can't believe that. But, you know, I would always sing in groups of people. And that's how I started singing. And so I sang on TV, um, MATV, which is like a very like Indian channel just to sing pudgeons. I sang on there for a competition. You also sing? Yeah. Oh, wow. But I, you see, no one ever knows that because uh, now I'm shy. Yeah. Anjan Marshmi actually sang at the manor and oh. Abhishek got me that gig. I was very happy to do that. Um, and growing up, I was very confident in that. But now I'm very shy in it. It's very weird. I don't really feel confident when I'm singing. And so I kind of avoid from it. But anyway, I've always had this very strong connection with God. And believe it or not, the first time I left the house when I was a baby was to go to the manor. Wow. Right? That was like the first place I went to. So it's very, very special to me. It's one of the last places I went to with my grandma before she died. Mm. And I remember when she was very unwell, I did this kind of fast. On a Monday, I would only eat certain foods. I don't know what it's called now because... Mm. Back then, um, I like I said, I believed in a lot of these rituals. And my mum would say, you know, if you only eat fruit and uh, potato and yogurt and all of these tea, you can have all of these things, then I believe my nanny would get better. Mm. And I remember on Monday, that's the day she passed away, I was still doing that fast. Mm. And I remember that that made me question, you know, if I'm doing all these fasts, then she didn't get better. So what what is this? But I have always believed in a higher power out there. And that the reason I believe that, and people always ask me, why do you believe in God? Is that when I come to the manor, I have a feeling. Mm. And I can't describe can't put your it. Finger on what yeah, that I is. can't put I can't prove anything. Mm. But I have a feeling. And I remember when my nanny passed away, every time I'd go to the manor for about six months, I would just cry. Mm. I don't know what it was. And I'd feel embarrassed about crying, and so I'd kind of be in a corner, just like crying. But I just felt that she was there, and I would just say to God, you know, please just keep her with you, please look after her. And, you know, now when I go to the the temple, all I ever say is thank you. Mm. And someone told me that, actually. I think it was a talk that somebody was doing. You know, a lot of the time when we go to pray, a lot of the time we go to a place of worship, we always say, please, can I have this? Please, can I have that? Shopping list comes out. Right. And when I was younger, believe it or not, anytime I would ask God for something, it would come true. And I'm Mm. not joking. Mm. One time I even asked God to bring this boyfriend back and it happened. Right. And then one time well, like you've broken up and then you prayed for him. Please bring him back. And then God somehow somehow arranged. <laughs> we it. got back together. And oh, I was wow. like, wow, God really up believes everything yeah. I ask for. Um, and then one time, this is a funny story. Um, I went to the temple. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to pray for me in a second, because like if this is coming true. <laughs> no, seriously, I went to the temple and I said to God, I lost my iPod shuffle. Please bring it back. to me." <laughs> <laughs> then I went home. And I was praying in my room and I was praying, saying, please can I have the iPod shuffle back? My brother overheard me, who had stolen the iPod shuffle. 
And the next day he put it underneath my bed. So I was like, oh my God, literally anything I asked for comes true. Only like three years later, he told me that that was him. So I was very upset. But generally, I'm not joking. A lot of things that I have asked for, which were when I was younger would be a lot of things. Now I don't remember asking my ask for anything, mm-hmm. came true. Mm. And so it was very, because I never really asked for, oh, can I have this bag? Or I mean, the iPod truffle was silly, you know, yeah. it's my brother. And the boyfriend thing was really mm. funny. Um, but generally it was for certain things. And I really felt that, you know, they would come true. And maybe because I would manifest them into my life and there's that manifesting into the universe and this higher power. But generally they would come true. And now I just say thank you Mm. because I feel so blessed in terms of so many things that have come into my life to be, like I said, to be able to do this podcast full time is a blessing for me. And I really believe that I have this connection with God. I don't know what Mm. it is, but I feel like it does. And I don't believe there's one God. So, you know, when I was younger, when I was about 19, 20, I was reading the Bhagavad Gita and I was looking for a word because when I was 18, I wanted to get the Hare Krishna chant tattooed on my arm. And I really wanted it, by the way. I was like, I say it every day. I want it. I believe I've been saying it for my whole life. I've believed in Krishna for my whole life. I want it. And my mom and dad were like, no, you can't get it. And then at one point I said to my mom, look, I'm going to get it. And she was like, fine, if you want want to get it, but you're going to regret it when you get older. Right. I just wanted to write Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And I wanted to write it here in Sanskrit. Anyway, and I thought, okay, maybe that's going to be a bit crazy. So let me scout for another word. And I saw this word, Pakti, that kept coming up. And I thought, Got the tattoo? So yeah, one day I woke up oh. and I, I just I just loved the look of the word as well in Sanskrit. And Radhi, actually, she has two tattoos here, right? And I think yeah. one of them says surrender. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm she, honest. She has two okay. here. And I, and I messaged her and I said, where did you get your tattoos done? Because in Sanskrit, it's very delicate, the writing. So I was like, I don't want anyone to random do it. And she told me this place in North Harrow. Yeah. And so one day I woke up on a Saturday and I just said, I'm going to go get a tattoo. I didn't tell anyone. I was like, I'm going to go. And I went there and I said, can you tattoo Pukthi? So I have Pukthi written here, oh. uh, which you can't really see, which is why nobody, I've never really shared this before. Mm. And something that I've never shared on the podcast. Why did you choose that particular place? Because it was, unknown. you couldn't really see it. Oh. So I thought, you know, in case, you know, my parents tell me off, I really wanted to get it done here. On your wrist, yeah. But I just, at that point, I was so young and there was this whole talk around, you won't get a job if you have a tattoo and I remember all, that. all of I this remember silliness. That. So now I'm like, okay, I should have definitely got it done here. But back then there was that, you know, when you get married, what will people say? And, you know, what do you get if you get, if you get a job? And honestly, my whole life has what been filled with say? what will people say and when you get married. Those yeah. are two phrases. That, that, that one line has killed more dreams than any other sentence. What oh, 100%. will people say? Hundred percent, and also when you get married, what will your in-law say? What if your husband doesn't like tattoos? These phrases were said to me so much, mm. so I just thought I'm going to get it in a place where you can't really see it, but I know it's there and it's close to my heart, mm. right? So That's I got sweet. it here, and um, then I was trying to change it as well. I wanted to add to it, so I thought I saw this word Ananya Pakti. Um, so Pakti means you know devotion to God, right? And so even from that age, I was like, I I want to just make sure I've got this something on my body. And anyway, and then this is something that nobody knows. So I learned this in philosophy. Actually, I'm going to ask you to see it. What do you think this is? And if you get this right, then... Maybe we should get a camera on it if it, if it can't see. Can you see it? Um, what what do you think it, it is? Oh, um, what does it say? <laughs> is it a dolphin? Is it okay. a... F- a dolphin? Okay, very good. Yeah, looks like something aquatic. Or it could be a diver. 
or it could be... I don't know which way to look at it now. What do you think it is? She's looking at Kaylee, our sound producer. What do you recommend? I was going to say it was like a whale or a dolphin. A whale or a dolphin. Interesting. Okay, so this, and I've never really said this on camera before, this is a chair, okay? Because if you look at it like this, it's like a 3D chair. Now, there's a meaning behind you. it. Yeah, oh yeah, I can see it, I can see it. You can okay, see it? I can see it, I can see it. Okay, yeah. so when I was in school, yeah. I studied philosophy, and a teacher told me, and this is the true meaning of the tattoo, a teacher told me that if you look at a chair from the top and the bottom, you can just see one side of it, right? You can just see one angle, because it's mm -hmm. a bird's eye view, and from the bottom, you can just see the base of it. If you look at a chair from the side, you can see different sides of it. And what that represents is monotheism from the top and the bottom and from the side, polytheism. Mm -hmm. And so this is a multidimensional object. The monotheism represents, you know, Christianity, Islam. We believe in one God. Polytheism represents religions that believe in multiple gods like Hinduism, Buddhism. Mm -hmm. I believe God is one. Right. And how I see this, this is a multidimensional object. So you see it differently. You thought it was a dolphin. You thought it was a whale. Some people think it's a shoe. My brother said it looks like a toilet. Mm. Um, I see it as a nice chair. Nice one, brother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I see it as a chair. And what that really shows me is that everyone believes in a different thing. You know, some people can believe in Hinduism. Some people can believe in Buddhism. Some people can believe in Islam. But we all believe in one thing, which is God. And yeah. I believe God is the same. We get so hung up on this or this God. Yeah. It's this religion or this religion, yeah. this spirituality or this. We, we spend so much time focusing on the differences. Why can it not be this and this? Exactly. Why can it not be that God is both masculine and feminine? Exactly. Why can it not be that God is both omnipotent, but also will bend his own strength in order to fulfill the love of his devotee? Mm -hmm. You know, like, why can it not be both? It's Why so can't true. Be this and this. And so when I was younger, I always believed God was one. And that really came from my dad. He would always take us to, you know, mosques and gurdwaras really? and churches all the time. And they would tell us to pray. Wow. My parents would always tell us to pray whenever we were in a place. I want to meet your dad. Yeah. And my mom, actually, they would both wow. always say, you know, make sure you pray. And so I grew up with this idea that God is one. And that's why I got this tattoo. And I remember when I went to go this, get this done, they were like, are you sure you want this? Yeah. And I was like, I do. And the reason well, no one why will know. Nobody knows what it is, right. and this is the first time I'm telling it, so you've got some wow. insider scoop. But um, it's really important to me to really always remember that we are all one. Mm. And that's where I say the definition of like God and spirituality kind of changed for me in the last few years. Because growing up, I did believe that, you know, I only believed in Hinduism. And then kind of when I went into my teens and I kind of went to different places of worship, I really understood that you find connection wherever you want to find mm. connection, right? If I go to a church, I will pray. Mm. And I believe that I'm praying to God. If I go to a mosque, I will pray. And I believe I'm praying to God. It doesn't yeah. mean that I only have to pray in the temple. Interesting. How do you kind of navigate? So I don't know what, the, what your lifestyle consists of, but are you vegetarian? Yes. Do you drink or smoke? I drink, yes. Okay. So how do you navigate? See, this is always kind of like tricky because I don't mm. want to offend my guests by asking this. No, but at the same do. time, I want to I want to delve into this. Yeah. Um, I think a connection with God is so sacred. And I think that there are certain um, lifestyle choices that we make. Yeah. That can sometimes actually hinder our connection. Okay. But at the same time, I think that it's also important not to exclude people mm. from that connection just because they've chosen a particular lifestyle. For sure. So like, you know, often on, on our podcast, we have people that speak about substances, for example, yes. you know, taking, having experiences with ayahuasca, marijuana, yes. etc. 
and then feeling that they have a connection with divinity that way. Mm. And so I find it interesting. I find that, um, yeah, maybe that's something that's that's something that we can maybe discuss together. What's your what's your view on it? I think that your connection with God is your connection with God. Agreed. So I believe that even though I drink, I would never ever drink get drunk and go to a temple, mm-hmm. right? That's silly. I would never pray when I was drunk because I feel that it's a little bit weird. I wouldn't do that. Mm. I don't think you're a bad person if you drink or smoke or take drugs. I think you have a bad habit. Mm. I don't think you're a bad person. Wow, I love that. And so I think that if you choose to drink, and I ch- I mean, I, I don't drink every week. I drink occasionally when there's a party or want to go yeah. out or there's a reception or something, but I'm not a big drinker. And when I do, I'm having fun with my friends or my family. And in in all honesty, that's really because I'm a bit uptight. I'm not really, um, I wouldn't really be able to dance. Like my cousin just got married. I wouldn't be able to dance at a reception. Congrats, cousin. I wouldn't be able to. I'm I'm a bit shy like that. And so that's actually, someone pointed out to me that maybe that's something, you know, that you're a little bit, not insecure, but a little bit, like you can't be yourself if you're not drunk. But isn't that beautiful that you know that? Yeah, and I was like, you're right, because I am uptight. Yeah. I would never dance if I yeah. wasn't drinking because I feel awkward. So I recognize that. And I don't think that hinders my relationship with God because I believe that is so sacred. You know, I, I really do believe that. And so, but that's my relationship. I, I wouldn't choose to eat meat because I think that's harming another animal mm. when there's no need to do that. And now I'm trying to make sure I don't wear leather and everything else as well. But I really don't think there's a need for that. Whilst weirdly, I think that in order for me to kind of let go and be free a little bit, I think there's, I want to drink. But that's my choice now. That may change as I grow older, right? Um, Because, yeah, I I don't think I drink often enough to feel that it's like a bad thing for me. But things like ayahuasca and things like marijuana, I would be eager to try ayahuasca. And that's because people have all over my podcast have told me that it unlocks something within your brain and you're using different parts of your brain. And Mm. I, again, wouldn't think that hinders my relationship with God. I would Mm. think maybe it would bring me closer. I don't know. Mm. But I'm also very unsure about that because I haven't done enough research on it. But Mm. people have just told me what a positive experience it's been. I haven't really researched it enough to uncover the negative experiences of it. So and that's what I think is that we're very easy, very quickly... It's very easy for us to judge other people. And I think that a lot of the time I do that with meat. And I recently interviewed Gorangadas. And I said to him, you know, is it bad if you eat meat? And, you know, if you are a monk, you know, should you really be earning money? You know, if you really, if your whole thing is around service, then why do you need any money? And he gave me such an interesting perspective. So on the first one, he said... You have to decide who you want to be in life. So if you want to be a yogi, if you want to be a spiritual master, if you want to be like a warrior, they're all different things. So if I want to be a yogi, then I have to embody that personality of a yogi. So I probably wouldn't eat meat. Mm. If I want to be a boxer, if I want to be a warrior, then I probably would need meat Mm. to be strong, Mm. maybe. And so it depends who you want to be. And who am I to judge you if you want to be that person? You know, like I say to my brother all the time, like, why do you eat meat? Mm. It's so unnecessary. I mm. actually can't understand it because I'm like, it's so unnecessary. There's so many great alternatives now as well. Mm. But for some people, they want to do that and they're a conscious decision to do that. So who am I to say you shouldn't be that person? Right. And that really, I don't know, his explanation really helped me accept that. Yeah. 
It makes sense. Like, don't hate the sin. Mm. Sorry, don't hate the sinner. Hate the sin. Hate, yeah. Okay, fine. Like, yes, these things aren't going to elevate your consciousness. But at the same time, you've chosen consciously to do that. Exactly. Like, let's let's take a subtle example. Like, nowadays, there's a whole thing about petrol versus electric cars. Right. If you're driving a gas guzzling car, you're the evilest person on the world. Right. But, you know, you have to understand that it's not cheap to drive electric cars as well. Yeah. And so I think there's so many choices that I think is easy for us to pass judgment on. Exactly. And um, I think exactly what Gorangada said is that you need to decide what kind of person you want to be. Yeah. And ultimately, if you want to be a lover of God, yeah. then you have to make certain choices. Of course. And if you want to be someone that, you know, is, I don't know, passionately achieving in the, in the realm of sports or I don't even know whether it's necessary to eat meat. Yeah, but that's why I said I'm not sure. Let's take the example. Let's take yeah. the example. Then it makes sense. But maybe it is if like a cheaper option, you know, because obviously alternatives can be expensive and time consuming. So, yeah, I think I've become a little bit more understanding of that. And then the second part was around money, because in the space I think we're in, Sometimes it can feel, and I think this is a block I've had, it can feel, I feel bad to to accept money if I'm coaching someone, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes it's it's like I'm helping you. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way with my Kirtan events. Right. You know, you know there is a surplus. Right. You know? And you feel bad. Of course. And how do you overcome that? Honestly, I give a lot of it to charity. And I think that those who know, like, for example, Isha, I don't know if you're listening, she's my financier. Mm-hmm. She sits with me every Friday, mm-hmm. and she's the only one that's got access to my QuickBooks login, mm-hmm. someone that's outside of my family. And she sees the accounting, and she sees that yeah, 99% of this is not actually going anywhere near me. Yeah. You know, like, okay, I might use petrol money once in a while. Of course. I might but use, you need to survive. Yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, petrol money meaning like I'm traveling to an event, you know, or yeah. like I've got to pay musicians, you know. Of course. So. And, and there's loads of other things. And there should be nothing wrong with enjoying life as well. Because for some people, they enjoy going on holiday and they want to stay in a nice place mm-hmm. and they're working hard. And for other people, they want to buy a nice thing or they want to go for dinner or whatever. And anyway, when I when I spoke to Gorongalas, he also told me an amazing analogy. Tell me. He said, a knife with a knife in the hand of a surgeon a knife in the hand of someone who's it. willing to do harm yeah it's this knife is the same isn't it right so it was amazing when he told me that i never heard that analogy yeah. before is that in the gita yeah okay. it's not in the gita i don't think but it's 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 definitely in the bhakti philosophy oh my god i loved so, it i was yeah. like blown away by that yeah. so what he said was with a knife you can kill someone you can hurt someone you can harm someone you can also use that knife to chop fruits and vegetables to eat and also, you can use that knife by a surgeon to save someone's life. Yeah. And so, with money, it's not a bad thing. Mm. It depends how you use it. Yeah. And how you show it. Yeah. Totally. And I think that there's also, we shouldn't pass judgment on people who choose to live in a big house. Or who choose to buy nice things. Or to choose to go out. Because... At the end of the day, I think we believe that if you're a monk, if you're spiritual, if you're this, if you're a woman, you're a man, this is the life you should lead. And I spoke about this in my TED talk. We believe in conformity. We believe that everyone should follow this one path to success. And we shouldn't put everyone in a box. So, you know, if I say to you, oh, you're so spiritual, then why are you spending 20 pounds on your lunch? You know, everyone has a different idea of what people should be. And I think we just need to be accepting of who we are. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why people are being so attracted to bhakti yoga, mm. because I think that love and devotion, um, 
cannot just simply be, oh, love and devotion is only for God. Yeah. Because love and devotion for God means love and devotion for each and every one of God's creatures. Mm -hmm. And so if we truly love one another, then there cannot be space for love, for judgment in that love. So true. And so I think that, I think one of the reasons why so many people are being attracted to kirtan and mantra and chanting is because come as you are, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have to be this way or that. <laughs> come as a come with a beard. Yeah. Come wearing colorful clothing. Come yeah. wearing plain clothing. Yeah. Come, you know, as a man or as a woman. It doesn't matter who you are. Yes. You're loved. You're accepted as you are. Yeah. And one of my teachers who just recently actually passed, um, His Holiness Kadabmakanan Swami, I was in India at the time for that passing, um, he exemplified that for me. Mm. He very much showed me that um, you don't need to be someone that's super mystical to be a lover of God. You know, like sometimes we think of lovers of divinity as being, you know, really graceful and, you know, yeah. he was rough and ready, you know, yeah. like he, he missed a patch on his shaving. No problem. What, what yeah. do, you know, or, you know, he spoke a little bit more colloquially. No problem. You know, be as you are. So be true. as you are. I want to ask you, um, you're becoming, or in my eyes anyway, this is maybe just a subjective opinion. You're uh, someone in a in a woman's body who is very, very, um, I'd say, holds the flag for for women in in in, in many ways. Thank you. And um, spirituality and women is a definite interesting topic, and I think that sometimes women can be excluded in many areas of Hindu worship, for example. Mm -hmm. I want to know what your thoughts are on that. I'm not, if I'm honest, yeah, I've never really thought about mm. it. Someone did tell me once, and mm. I, I'm not going to get this right, so we maybe have to pause this. Yeah. He said that, I'm going to try and remember what he said. He said that before every male god, there's a female god. Radha Krishna, Sita Ram, Lakshmi Narayan. Narayan. So when he told me that, you know, sometimes we don't perhaps pray to the female god so much you know like lakshmi we do um Bharati we do um sitharam we do mm. but sometimes we don't but i've never really thought about it because i think i've really my whole life prayed to all of them i chant the Hare krishna mantra more than any other mm. and the hanuman chalice i say a lot mm. um but i've never really i've never really distinguished them what's your views on female gurus like, that's been a thing on, on many people in the spiritual world has been on their mind. Like, we see a lot of our spiritual leaders as men. I think I don't follow that many gurus. So it's never been a, it's never been a shock to me. What do you feel about gurus? What's your honest, what's honest thoughts on them? Um, do you think so they're necessary? My mom grew up listening to Mari Bubble, right? So my family are a little... Famous Rambukta. Yes. Mm. So my my. But in my family, my mum's side, when they pick up the phone, say Ram Ram. Mm. And on my dad's side, we say Jeshi Krishna. Jeshi Krishna, yeah. So I've had to, it's been split a little bit. My ba is a massive believer in Srinathji. Okay. Like huge. So we recently went to Srinathji and I took her four years ago as well. We, we oh. went alone and she made, and uh, I said she made me. We I did this, <laughs> uh, I did this seva when I was there, right? Now, when we were there and... Look, I don't know if people are going to like it when I say this. I like Srinath Ji because my ba loves Srinath Ji. And she feels like elated when she's there. She feels like how I feel at the manor. Okay. When I go there, I don't feel this strong spiritual connection. And I'm very honest with my ba about that. I said that to her this time. I said, ba, is it weird that I don't feel a spiritual connection here like you do? And mm. she said, no. 
She said, neither did I when I was younger. And it's grown for me, specifically there as I've gotten older. However, 10 years ago, we went on this Jathra. We went to Mathura, Vandravan, uh, all these different places. And in Mathura, I really felt it. Mm. So it was it was weird. But anyway, she really believes in all of these gurus that help her. Now, when I was there, I spoke to a, a local person and I said, is this a money-making scheme? And he said, 50% of the people that are here are not real. Wow. They're taking it for money. Yeah. Because, you know, the thing is, and this is what I said at the start of the podcast, when you're younger, you follow all these rituals, okay? And when we were there, they would be taking milk and they'd be pouring over these statues. Mm. Now, there's people that are dying in India. There's Mm. people that are, you know, could really benefit from that. And you see a lot of these people throwing flowers and milk on these statues. And I don't necessarily believe in that. I think that we shouldn't be doing that when we could be feeding people, Mm. right? Also, there's there's so many different rituals and practices. Like my, I did one that my bar made me do. It was called, um, I can't remember what it was called now, but I had to go. I basically went to all the rooms and I did like these flower garlands and um, I made key and I made lapsi and I made all of these different things. And she wanted me to do that. And it had to be given to me by the sari. I had to be given to me by a Brahmin. Mm. Now, I don't believe in the caste system. So I didn't necessarily believe that a Brahmin had to give me the sari. But, Mm. you know, these are rituals my bar follows. So I don't necessarily believe in gurus. That doesn't mean to say that I went to the Mori Bapu Gathalodes when I was younger. And he was talking about things and I and I understood yeah. them and I learned from them. Yeah, we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say everything he said, everything he says connects with you, connects with me. But everything he's telling you is from one of the scriptures. Mm. And so I like the examples. Mm. I learned from it. I just didn't understand so much because it's in Hindi sometimes and not Gujarati. Mm. Um, but I don't follow a particular guru because, like I said, I, I have this connection with God. And so... I want to start coming to classes where I learn more about the Gita. And if that's a guru that's telling me that, then great. Mm. I will listen to him. Um, you know, a lot of people follow Radhanand Swami. I haven't had the pleasure of having, you know, that connection and those teachings oh, from if him. If I can, you need to meet him. But everyone says that, right? Yeah. Like when I was with Gauranga Das, he's a guru. Mm. I learned so much from him. Mm. So if I had if I had the pleasure of seeing him every Sunday and he would teach me something, of course I would love that. Mm. I just haven't really had that connection. You'd be shaved up in robes in no time. Yeah. <laughs> so I just haven't had that, you know, that uh-huh. exposure, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there are loads of gurus in India who I think are, you know, not legit. Yeah, of course. You know, like- there's a lot of people that use religion as, as a kind of, uh, you know, disguise, but that's with a lot of things. And mm. I think we, we always say that, you know, oh, gurus are bad because they're disguised as, you know, they do this and they do that. Doesn't everyone? Yeah, it's, you know? it's exactly, you know, it's throwing the baby out with the bath. Well, if you, you, when you, the analogy is that, that you're giving a child a bath and the water's dirty, fine, you throw away the water. You don't have to yeah. throw away the baby. You know? Exactly. And I so think that, you know, a lot of people are so skeptical about religion because yeah. they think people are forcing it onto you. No one's forcing you to do anything. You mm. can choose to listen to it or you can choose to not. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all the things you spoke about, like the the pouring of articles like milk and flowers and then mm-hmm. why don't we use that? I had to ask all those questions. Mm. And once I understood the purpose for it all, like, for example, even like at the manor, they have yeah. at the Bhaktivedanta Manor in Hertfordshire is the place where I go for my temple worship. They have on festivals days, it's called an abhishek, where they pour uh, water and honey and all these different articles upon a deity. But then afterwards, they distribute that. So, yeah, and that's great. Yeah, I think in certain places in India, you see it going just into go, the gutter. Yeah, exactly. And that, I don't think is great. I agree. I, I think if you're distributing it, amazing. That's and that's great. actually the, the principle. Yeah. See, I think sometimes we focus in on the detail 
and we miss the principle. Like the principle is that we're 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 receiving that which has been blessed and that's rather than amazing. it just being chucked away exactly yeah. and i think that's the same for garlands and flowers you know at, at the manor when you're doing the arti they give you the flowers yeah. and you put it on your eyes and then yeah. you you bless yourself so i think it, it's very different depending on where you go and that's why i said that it's not that i don't believe in gurus it's just i haven't had the pleasure of getting to know one consistently mm. and one that i can and learn from every week well may that be may one day you find that but what's really been amazing is that i've found out through this podcast that you're quite a traditional person I am. And what's interesting is that the word entrepreneur. Yes. Let's even scratch that. Female entrepreneur mm -hmm. who is traditional in her values. I am a little bit. Yeah. Do you find that you come across a lot of challenge or do you find that there's any, how do I say, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conflict. Conflict. Um, contradiction. Look, I'm very traditional in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't live with my partner before we get married. Okay. Okay? And a lot of people, if they're watching me, would think, what on earth? You're someone who doesn't If you come from Western culture, this is weird, yeah. Right. And I think a lot of the things I speak about aren't seen to be traditional. Speak your mind. Don't rush into marriage. Um, don't rely solely financially on one person. A lot of people who follow me would think I'm really independent, and I am. But I am also really traditional in certain ways. And, you know, the reason why I am is because I've been brought up in a very traditional family. And I want to hold some of that. You know, there's certain things, like I said, I don't really believe in. And I'll let go of that. Like, you know, growing up, my grandma was actually quite liberal in certain elements in the sense that I was able to go to the temple and the manor in like a hoodie and leggings and like a tracksuit. Whilst a lot of people would go in like traditional yeah. clothes. I never have. And my bar would always say to me, your connection with God is never about your clothes. It's about it's your connection not, with yeah. God. And so how you mentioned earlier, you know, that's I've always had that. Recently, I went to a ceremony and someone said, are you on your period? And I said, no. And they're like, well, if you are, you can't come. Mm. Now, I don't believe in that. Mm. I don't believe that if you're on your period, you're dirty. Mm. I don't believe if I'm on my period, I shouldn't go to the manor. Why am I dirty? I'm mm. not. The reason why we said it back in the day was because you didn't have the sanitary products. So you were dirty because you would, you know, bleed. Hmm. Now we have the sanitary products. So why are we not allowed to go to a place of worship? It doesn't make sense. Some people still, my bar will still say, don't touch me if you're on a period, right? And I respect that because that's my bar's wish. But I wouldn't perhaps do that if I had children, right? Or if I had grandchildren. Yeah. I wouldn't say to them, you can't touch me. Yeah. But I respect my grandma so that she doesn't feel comfortable. So who am I to kind of say, no, you should change your views? So I think that, you know, there's certain things I would change. Like, I, I don't believe that you shouldn't go, not go to a place of worship if you're not in your period. Some people would disagree with me, but that's my belief, right? And I will change certain things out of the tradition, but I am still quite tradition and, traditional. And I guess there's not really a conflict because I know the things that I, I, hold, I hold true and the, whole, the things that I want to change. How do you think that's going to work with the next generation, though? In because, like... If we are like picking and choosing what's like what works for us and doesn't work for us, yeah, how does that work for like our children? This is a really interesting question because somebody questioned me on this. So yeah. I said that. So in Indian culture, you have a coral. Yeah. Right. What's that for? Just someone that doesn't know. Sorry, a coral is almost how to describe it is before you have a baby you yeah. go through a ceremony so that your baby is auspicious and it's healthy and it's happy and it's for the mum. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've had a miscarriage, if you've had a death in the family, if you've lost a husband or a wife, if you're a widow, if 
who are divorced. You're not allowed to participate in that quarrel. In some families. In some families, that. right? In some families. Okay. Now, if I have children, I wouldn't care if someone had a miscarriage, they could do my quarrel. Now, for some people, they think that's really problematic that I'm saying that. And I had this debate with somebody, a family friend, and they said, Well, why don't we just why don't we just not do the quarrel altogether? Mm. And I think this is the problem we have with certain traditions. If you're not gonna stick to them, just don't do them. Right. If you're gonna go to the temple, when if you're gonna pray when you're in a period, just why bother praying at all? And it really eliminates a lot of people. I think there is logic and reason to certain things. Like, look, you've just said about the milk and the honey that's being reused. That's logical and reasonable. But if someone didn't question that and that milk and honey was I being agree. thrown in, in, in the street, faith. right? Then if no one said, look, we have to stick for it for years and years and years and we can never question it, then for years and years and years we're making the same mistakes. Mm. I think that we should question certain things where we feel we're making a mistake. We should question everything. And, you Why know, not? my grandma always says, you question everything. And I'm like, that's because I want to be better. Yeah, yeah. The reason I question things is I want to be a better person. And if I can, you know, stop harm in any way, or if I can stop doing things that are perhaps upsetting other people, then great. Mm. But if there's certain things and you have an explanation from it, also great. You know, in the, at the Vali, my family throw vara over, the, over their shoulders. Flowers. No, like vara, which is like food. Food. I'm yeah. like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, are we yeah. wasting it? Like, what is the meaning yeah. of it? And everyone, no one knows. <laughs> so why would I do that? Why would I throw throw food like over my shoulder or right. salt over my shoulder what does that mean right. it, was and a, so it was the beginning of my spiritual journey actually like I remember um, when I was maybe oofed this is going back anyway in my teens early teens I remember yeah. uh, my mum saying that we need to go and do this particular ritual and uh, I remember just going no I, I, I don't understand why we're doing it yeah and so we had a full-blown, <laughs> massive Indian argument, you know, like anyone that's witnessed an Indian argument, yeah. they're, they're, no, they're no joke, you know. Yeah, it, it Star gets, Plus. It gets violent real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so at Star Plus, you get that angle, dun-dun, dun-dun. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, eventually came to the point where I remember my mom just going, well, I don't know the answer. Why don't you just go to the temple and ask them? And so I was in a huff and a puff and I went to the temple and I asked the question. Wow. And um, I asked all the questions under the sun that I had and... Honestly, I don't remember a damn thing about the conversation. I just remember the person that was on the receiving end dealt with me with such kindness. Yes. And uh, I think that that's something that, you know, it's not that we don't ask the question. I think that needs to be reciprocal, that we need to go and ask all questions, ask everything that's on your mind. Otherwise, what you're doing is just following blind faith. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, ask the question sweetly so and also receive the answer sweetly. So if you're answering someone... I don't know anyone that's listening to this and, and feels that you want to try and answer your family who are, who are questioning your spiritual values. Yeah, fine. Give them the answers based on scripture, based on your understanding, mm. but answer them sweetly. And if you're someone that wants to ask questions mm. about spirituality, also don't go in just trying to defeat people. So true. You know, go in with, an, with a mind which is trying to learn. Exactly. And then both per parties will benefit, not just, you know, Exactly. You know, it's it's not about winning. Most of the time, in arguments, it's not about winning. It's about uh, coming out of out of the disagreement without having broken that relationship. You know. Yeah. And so, yeah, value relationship more than winning in an argument. That was one thing. But this this point that don't follow with blind faith. Mm. You know, be able to ask any question and go to the right sources for asking questions. Yeah. And at the same time, once you have the answer, don't feel that you feel elevated beyond everyone else. You know, exactly. This is another thing that people feel like, oh, I've got the answer. Therefore, I'm better than everyone else. 
And I think that that culture of just feeling better than everyone else almost demotes our spirituality. 100%. It demotes our traditional values. So I think for the next generation, we just got to encourage them, ask the question. It's so true. Ask and I think that, you know, Sweet. we have to we have to listen to be to actually hear the response rather yeah. than trying to find a response. Wow. Right. We're always trying to listen to like when you're speaking, um, normally I'd be thinking, OK, well, what am I going to respond to you? And that's how I was as a child. Like I'm listening to you to, with, to debate you. Mm. Actually, now I'm listening to understand you. And they're two very different things. Mm. And I think, you know, that's the thing with spirituality. A lot of people are, you know, I hear a lot of people saying and, and, I, and I love going to the temple. Right. And I go and when I was younger, I used to go with my family. And then in the last few years, I've been going by myself. And what people would say to me when they would see me there, is don't get brainwashed, mm. right? This is a common common conception. When I was younger, I used to get a little bit scared by that um, question. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, so what if I'm brainwashed? So what? So what if these people who are at the temple are brainwashed? So what? Are they happy? Do they feel connected? Mm. Do they feel joy? You could argue that the people outside of the world of the temple are also brainwashed, isn't it? Like, what does right. it mean to live a normal life? What does it mean to be brainwashed? To be to live a normal life means that you're accepting the values of an insane world, mm -hmm. a world in which discrimination, in which racism, in which so hating people based on the body is completely normal, a world in which uh, sexuality and pornography is completely normal. So true. You know, is that normal? I consider that insanity. I'd rather be considered abnormal and yes. weird and brainwashed. Yeah. And uh, living a life of holistic wellness and mm -hmm. spiritual wellness and deep inner happiness than to be considered someone who's normal and accepting the values of an insane world. It's so true. And I think we're so easy to say, oh, and when I break it down with people, what does it mean to be brainwashed? Oh, well, they'll brainwash you. Okay, but what does that mean? Hmm. Uh, they will what? You'll lose yourself. You, but, but, what, but, but, but what, what, what will change? What's going to change day to day? You'll no longer want to be anything to do with this world. You'll want to only live in the temple. Yeah, great. Yeah. How happy would I be? Yeah, right. I'll be at so much peace. Yeah. Are you happy, my friend? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then don't tell me. <laughs> there is no greater feeling, I believe, than when there's Kirtan on at the temple. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you're on drugs. Yeah. You know, yesterday night, I'm not joking. This oh, is this a real story. Wait. I'm singing in the Kirtan and uh, one guy jumps up and he goes, this is better than ecstasy. <laughs> Stop! Like, <laughs> Did you actually? I'm not joking. I wish one of you guys was there, but no anyone that's hearing this way. that was there, I'll tell you the date. It was on the 12th of March. Anyone that was there, that is please so testify. Funny. Someone shouted in the temple, "This is better than ecstasy." Oh and gosh. I actually had to respond. I was like, "It is better than ecstasy." My fully. God, no, it really is. It really, really is. And I think that's the thing. Everyone has their own definition of ecstasy, and. If you get that at the temple, if you get that doing whatever you want to do, then, then find it. Whatever yeah. it is, find it. Yeah. Doesn't mean, you know, and I think that people at different stages of their life can come into their spirituality journey, spiritual journey. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm not here to enforce on anyone, neither are you. I think everyone's just on their own path. Yeah. I have actually one question to ask you, though. Oof. Okay. Sometimes. The podcaster is being podcasted. <laughs> Sometimes. I can't help myself, can I? Sometimes some people find it uncomfortable when you see a lot of devotees chanting in the streets. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me about that? Yeah. Because what if every faith was chanting in the streets? Yeah. See, what the whole principle, there's, there's, like I mentioned before, there's always a detail and a principle behind anything that we see in spirituality. Okay. The principle behind chanting and dancing on the street is spreading the glories of their love for God. Mm-hmm. 
the detail is chanting and dancing on the streets. Got it. So what the principle is, is that um, they're trying to exclaim to the world that this is a process that's making me super joyful mm. and I want you to partake in it. Now, sometimes that can come across as salesman-like. Right. Like I'm selling you a book. Mm. It can come across as you're not being very considerate of the people. Yes. It can come across as being uh, a little bit too eccentric and a little bit too um, out there. Mm. Uh, you know, I often make a joke at, at the Kirtan evenings that I, I share it on a Friday night at Omnon that, um, yeah, we're going to chant Hare Krishna now. And so at the door, Kaylee Woods will be standing there with a buzzer and a pair of robes. Be prepared to be brainwashed. Uh, and people always laugh about it because it's a joke. But I think that in every particular um, expression of love, we can always look at the detail and how it's being presented. Right. But the principle behind it is that they're just exclaiming, I love you, God, and I want mm. everyone to know it. That's lovely. When you're in love, don't you want everyone to almost know? Mm. You know, we, we put it on Instagram. And if we're not on social media, then we put it, you know, somehow the other people know, why are you, why are you so stargazed? Like, why, why are your eyes yeah. so, you know, like glistening you're, you're, you're seeing someone aren't you you love yeah. that person yes i'm in love you know so you want people to know so true and so love is one of those things where it cannot be contained within any heart when it's true love it cannot be contained it wants to be shared you're more loving to the people that you're you're close with your family will even start noticing wow you're a more happy person mm. you know that's why everyone wants to be in love yeah and when you're with in love with the most supreme person then the most uh ecstatic way in which you can share that is by chanting and dancing in the street so that's why it's that's lovely the principle and the detail. Thank you for explaining that. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, anything you want to talk about? Anything that's on your mind at the moment? I have so many questions I'm going to ask you, but I think you should come on my podcast. because I'm, I'm doing like, it. I definitely could ask you so many questions because you're just so amazing. So oh. I feel like I'm going to wait. I'll that's wait. Right. I'll that's control right. myself as, as I'm on your podcast mm. today. <laughs> thank you. I think we should go into some quick fire rounds. Should we do that? Let's go. Okay. Question number one. One word, one sentence. And if they're not, then I'm not going to shoot you. Don't worry. What's something you're curious about right now? Editing. Mm. What video editing? I think I, my videos can be better. So I'm really gonna, trying to get obsessed with how I can make them better. If anyone's listening to this that's a video editor, yeah, can you contact me. Shivani, please? Please do. Um, what's something you're personally working through at the moment in your life? Uh, this is such a good one. Mm. Um... So many things, actually. I'm trying to fi find one. Mm. Okay. Pace. I am somebody who, for the last few months, has been doing so many things. And like I just said, I've come back now and I don't have much. And now I'm feeling I'm not doing anything. And I'm feeling a little bit like, what's the next thing I can do? Yeah. But I'm really going to try and force myself to slow down a little bit for a month. I still have to do my podcast, but what I mean is I don't have to do a million different things. And so pace is something I'm trying to work through. Like it's okay to do a little bit, a little bit slow. It's okay to take a little bit of time. Mm. And I think this year I'm trying to be kinder to myself. I canceled every holiday last year that wow. I possibly could. I, I really, and even- you wanted to hustle. Yeah, and I still want to. And I feel that I really need a holiday because India wasn't really a holiday. It was a wedding and then I was recording. Yeah. And I really want to go on holiday with my partner. But I almost feel that I'm going to be lazy if I do. 
I need to unpack that. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling so. too guilty. I'm only one year in my journey. I don't feel like I deserve to go on holiday. No, no. So I need to unpack that. So mm. that's something I'm trying to work through. It's important. Longevity, you know, it's a, mm. a marathon. We are. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm telling you, but I need to learn that myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. In short, what legacy would you like to leave behind in this world? I hope that I inspire people to make a change. I really, really do. That's one thing I really want people to change for the better, obviously. Mm. And and it doesn't have to be something big or, or small. And the reason I say that is the, the biggest compliment you can ever pay me is you inspired me to change so I could go for this interview. You inspired me to take this chance. You inspired me to change my view on something. Mm -hmm. You inspired me to do more of something I love. You know, inspire people to change things that inspire them. Mm. That's the legacy I want people I want I want people to say about me. Yeah, the greatest tragedy is people just living their lives because they're in fear of what will people think. Exactly. No? And so if we can inspire people to change, just even take a step in a different By anything, direction. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Great legacy. Something you used to deeply value in your life, but don't value anymore. Clout. Wow. Okay, what I mean by that is I used to think that having loads and loads and loads of followers would make me so happy and make me loads of money. And it absolutely hasn't. You know, I think that I used to want to be invited to certain things and be in certain places and be involved with certain people because I thought that it would make me look a certain way. And now I literally don't care. I say no to so many things and I couldn't care less if it was going to put me in a circle with this person or put me in a circle with that person. I just don't care anymore. I, I, I never really cared about going to the nicest places to eat or being in the coolest places. But I remember at the start when I'd be invited to stuff, I'd say yes to everything because I'd be like, people people have to know that I was invited there. People you almost have to though, there. right? You think you have to. Really? You think you have to. Not every place you go to is going to open, you know, different doors for you. Loads of events I went to allowed me access to loads of gas for sure. But did they bring me happiness? No. Mm. When I, you, everyone will say this, that when they see me at an event, I'll rarely drink. I never am there to party. I'm there to network. network. But also I'm in and out within an hour. It's just not me. Mm. And I wish it was. I, I think a lot of people think that I'm really sociable because of my podcast. My ideal life is, you know, I can't wait to just have my own space, my own flat and just do my work and chill out. Wow. You know, I'm very much a homebody. I always have been. Mm. But I am so Joy of missing out. No, I never get that. Really? I ne oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jomo. 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 I never get FOMO. Mm. I never, ever, ever have looked at something and thought, oh, I wish I was there. Yeah. I always think, thank God I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy I'm at home. Yeah. But I've always been a homebody. And, I, and you know, it doesn't mean I don't enjoy. And I think people think, oh, that means you're not sociable and you don't like going out. I do for like an hour and then I'll come back mm. into my safe space. Amazing. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, last one. If you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Don't lie. Mm. Just don't lie. Who are you lying for? What are you lying to? Yourself? The, the most annoying thing that I find that people are doing recently, and people are saying this to me, can you share and like my feed, my post? Yeah. Sorry, can you like and comment? I'm like, for what? Yeah. If you're asking me to like and comment, and you're asking 10 other people to do that, what are you doing it for? Right. Who is What's it for? The purpose? Yeah, what is the value? What is the reason behind it? What's wow. the intention? So that it looks like you've got likes and comments. I like that. It's not the reason for you putting out comments. I fully agree. 
I, and I think that I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, but it's you know it's a change. You know, yeah. it's a change in life, and I think that it's different if your intention is I want more people to see it. Mm. But if it's I put a post out and I feel insecure, you know, some some of my posts recently have been doing really badly. You know, I have I think one hundred and twenty five something like that thousand, mm. and some of my posts getting five hundred views. I could hide it. I mm. never hide my views, my likes and comments. I don't do it ever, as well. ever, ever. Even if I get eighty-seven, leave it there because it's it's real. I never have bought my followers, so if I get low engagement, great. It's good for me to see that. Agreed. So many of us lie about who we are. Agreed. Hide our likes and count, follow follow counts, buy fake followers, do things because we want the clout for what? Mm. What is it for? Yeah, to impress people that really don't really care about you, you know? Exactly. And so I think that if there was a rule that no one could lie, Mm. what a great world we live in, because we're authentic. There's this great film, actually, that would be interesting. It's a Ricky Gervais film. Okay. Uh, Does anyone know what it's called? The Truth About Lying. There you go. Okay, The Truth truth About Lying. Lying. Watch it. Okay. Watch it tonight. It's a great film. I, you know, I love people like you who say, watch it tonight. Why? Because I always want to watch everything tonight. <laughs> and so when I tell people, watch this movie, watch it tonight, they're yeah. like, yeah, it's on my list. I'm like, oh, you're just so annoying. Or yeah. when they're like, yeah, I'll watch it in two weeks. I'm like, you, what's the point of watching it two weeks? Watch it, watch it now. Watch I'm going to watch it. Exactly. I'm going to watch it tonight. Truth about lying. It's a great Truth film. It's like lying. a world yeah. in which no one can lie. How great. Liar, liar. Yeah. That's another great movie. Yeah, yeah, liar, liar. But this, yeah, it's an interesting version. Okay. Anyway, I really like it. I'll let you um, know. That was it. That was, that was the last question. How is this the end? I know, should so we, quick. Should we just carry on forever? We should. Well, I have oh. to have you on my podcast now. I'll do it. I feel like you're you're gonna give me way more wisdom though. Uh, you're gonna you you're, you're you are. I just know it from uh, now. I'm gonna I'll ask you it. all the hard questions. So. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I like being able to speak to people where I can be authentically myself, and I feel like in this conversation I've been able to do that. Aww. And yeah, thank you so much for being so honest. Thank you so much for being so entrepreneurial <laughs> and at the same time traditional. And thank you so much for, yeah, being available to my humble podcast. For, thank for you being for here, me. for sharing, for soul's sake. Oh, thank um, you for having me and thank you for having the most amazing voice in the world. Oh. And I want you to put upload all your kirtan on Spotify so I, I can listen to you all the time. I think we've, we've, we're in the we process of not we've done. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it, people. Um, thank you, listeners. Thank you for being with us. I hope you felt that this was a conversation in which you were able to explore different aspects of spirituality, entrepreneurship. And I hope that both listeners on my side and Shivani's side were engaged and that you feel that this is a conversation which you can come back to. Feel the permission to be able to come back to this conversation whenever you feel you want some entrepreneurial juice, (laughs) spiritual juice. You know, this is a conversation which is not just meant for one-time entertainment, but for your continual spiritual growth. And I want to thank you for coming and joining us to listen, learn, and grow. This has been Radhika and Shivani. For soul's sake, give us a like and a comment and a share. See you very soon. Namaste. So